Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast where we explore compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. And this week we'll be discussing Courage in Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Before we get into our discussion, we wanted to start with a quote. So this quote comes from the episode Imprisoned in book one of Avatar The Last Airbender, when Katara snuck onto a Fire Nation ship with Earth Kingdom benders doing forced labor. Earthbenders, you don't know me, but I know of you. Every child in my water tribe village was rocked to sleep with stories of the brave Earth Kingdom and the courageous Earthbenders who guard its borders. Some of you may think that the Fire Nation has made you powerless. Yes, they have taken away your ability to bend, but they can't take away your courage. And it is your courage that they should truly fear, because it runs deeper than any mine that you've been forced to dig, any ocean that keeps you far from home. It is the strength of your hearts that make you who you are, hearts that will remain unbroken when all rocks and stone have eroded away. The time to fight back is now. I can tell you that the Avatar has returned, so remember your courage and let us fight for our freedom. And then no one does anything. Great speech. Oh. Just, just really, really excellent. Yeah. Thank you. I, I did write that myself. <laughs> and then, obviously, none, none of the uh, Earth Kingdom soldiers actually do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is a, a good kind of primer for our discussion because, you know, I, often I think when you think about courage, it is in these kinds of idealistic ways of, of, of having these platitudes of show your courage and that is all that matters. And I think that... Avatar does do a pretty good job of showing that that's not all that matters, that other things do matter as well, while still kind of highlighting when courage is important, too. And I think, too, it shows that she was a bit mistaken here. It wasn't their courage that they had lost. It was their hope. Hmm. And not that it's easy for her to say these things, considering that her Southern Water Tribe village was decimated and her mother was killed and all of these people left and there were so few of them left. So it's not like it's just an easy thing. But I think it can sometimes be easier for people to encourage others to have courage when they're not the ones that are in the really difficult circumstance. Like these people Mm. for who knows how many years some of them have been on these prison ships doing forced labor, you know, and a part of them has been taken away yeah it's it's easier coming in from outside of that circumstance to be like you should be doing this but uh they might not feel the same way yeah yeah absolutely well did we want to move into our discussion to talk about some characters that we do see showing courage yeah so what character did you bring today i wanted to talk about zuko he's a great one to talk about he is just generally and I almost wanted to find someone else because I feel like we talk about Zuko all the time because he's such a great character to talk about. But I just, I could not stop thinking about the courage that he shows in the series. Hello, Zuko here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's that. But even just from the very beginning, one of the first things that Zuko does in the timeline is he stands up to a general in a meeting where he is, he is a prince, but he is a child comparatively. And I think that's already showing some courage, but... The repercussions of that, where his father is the one who challenges him to the Agni Kai, and where he refuses to stand up to his father, I think that shows 
where his courage has limits, where he is afraid of his father, and where those fears are made manifest in the scar that he gets from his father. And and that's what sparks his quest for the next few years where he tries to make it up to his father, where he he doesn't have anything other than trying to make it up because he, I think, maintains this fear. And I think Zuko is really important because I can't think of another time when a character is shown to have such a strong and important fear, like important to their characterization, that they then confront. And I think that that's an important part of courage. Courage is not just bravery. It's not just being able to face anything that comes in a tough type style, but it's being able to confront the things that you are truly afraid of and that truly make you feel vulnerable and scared and actually standing up to them even though you have that fear. And Zuko does this at a time when he has earned everything that he quote-unquote wants where he is a prince and he's in on meetings and his father at least seems to appreciate him i don't know if he ever seems to love him but he 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 gets this this acceptance and he still knows that it's wrong yeah his 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 standing up to ozai i think is so important and his choice not to do so in a way that is about violence but is about helping those who he thinks he needs to help going in out to help the avatar he doesn't just go and he fights his dad he goes and he confronts him and says you're wrong and i'm going to go help the person who i think is right i'm, I'm making a stand here and yeah i just i think that that is such a, a courageous thing to do just uh just really really exceptional as a character well and it's it's such a courageous thing to do in general but like thinking about so he's like 13 when his abusive father burns his face and then exiles him right and he's Mm -hmm. only like maybe 16 when he confronts his father like Mm -hmm. that's still a kid yeah he doesn't i mean he could have just slipped out during the solar eclipse which is probably what I would have done. <laughs> it's like, I've changed my mind. I'm going to go free my uncle and then we're going to find the avatar and I'm going to help mm-hmm. him. But no, he he tells his father what the Fire Nation is doing is wrong and that's why he's going to help bring it down, which is, yeah, very admirable. Absolutely. And then after that, he apologizes to Iroh someone who's a real father figure to him in in a loving way. And he owns up to how he messed up, how he was wrong. And that is something I think that takes so much courage. Yeah. You know, talk about being vulnerable. You are literally bearing yourself and your and, and your mistakes to someone and not doing so in a way that expects them to to forgive you necessarily, but just lets them know a true apology is about letting them know that you know you did wrong and you're trying to do better and that's what he does here and it's just it's so powerful and of course Iroh's reaction is just makes me want to cry um, <laughs> well that's the thing he he was doing it because it was the right thing to do and because he wanted to do it not because he expected that Iroh was just going to forgive him or wasn't going to be still angry with him or whatnot exactly 
Yeah, it, it was not. It was not about loyalty in either direction. It was not about being disloyal or rebellious to his father, or about being loyal to Iron wanting to regain that relationship. It was about doing what's right and standing up to the repercussions of his choices in regards to that. And and I just think that that's that is really admirable. And even you know at the last fight that he has with Azula, where he jumps in front of her lightning. This is a character who, after the abuse of his father, his sister was at the least a bully throughout his life to him. And he's confronting another lifelong antagonist in a way that is truly frightening because this is something that, you know, lightning bending is not something that he understands that he can do. He can just redirect it and he sees it going against Katara and he jumps in the way. And I just think that that is, again, showing that, that courage that he's standing up against uh, against things that, that truly should frighten him. And I'm sure they certainly do. Definitely. And, I mean, also tracking down Team Avatar after he'd been trying to <laughs> capture Aang for so long and sent an assassin after them and everything and just be like, <laughs> hey, I want to help now. Like... There's some advanced benders in that group. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. I didn't even think about that. But we literally see him scared about what to say to them and and, and practicing what to do because he's so unsure of how it's going to go. Uh, Yeah, that's such a good point. (laughs) Yep, he he practiced and he still decides to go with Zuko here. Which clearly was was effective. I mean, it worked on us. It was disarming, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) Well, what plot point did you want to discuss today? I wanted to talk about how much courage and how many different courageous acts it takes to bring down the Fire Nation Mm -hmm. during the Sozin's Comet episodes because obviously so much of what they're doing throughout the entire show is is to culminate in that but just in those last few episodes and of course I just went back and watched them because why not (laughs) I was like just gonna watch certain scenes but then that didn't really happen (laughs) (laughs) um so first you have after Aang has mysteriously disappeared and they don't know where he is and they don't know that he's on this lion turtle and all of that. The rest of Team Avatar basically has to decide what to do because there's all of these different battles that need to happen in many different places. There's, like you mentioned, the one with Azula so that she won't be crowned Fire Lord. Then there's also the airships about to decimate the Earth Nation and also retaking Ba Sing Se. And so they decide to split up. And to me, I mean, that's a really scary thing in and of itself because you don't know if you're ever going to see your best friends or siblings Mm. in the case of Sokka and Katara. Like, you don't know if you're going to see them again and you can't be there to help defend them if they need it. And, you know, you're all just kids (laughs) You know, I I wouldn't even want to split up as an adult. Like, as a kid, I would just be like, um, no, this is not what's happening. But they saw 
the need and they stepped up to do whatever they could on these different fronts to try to make a difference for this war since the person that they had been fighting with and for this whole time just wasn't there. And I can imagine that that would be such a frightening thing. Like you've been putting so much energy towards the Avatar and then the Avatar again is gone when you need them. And they just kept going. And I think that that takes a lot of courage. And so then obviously that moves us into these different epic moments of courage, which obviously Zuko doing the Agni Kai with Azula, who has always been a better firebender than he has. And then Katara having to defeat her on her own in the end. Mm. And then also Sokka, Suki, and Toph sabotaging these flying airships. So like we don't know where Aang is. Hopefully he will come back for this fight with the Fire Lord. But we're going to go try to do something regardless. And there are two non-benders, albeit they're good fighters for sure. Mm. And also, you know, a blind bender who's hundreds of feet in the air and she can only see what's on the metal airship that she's on and like nothing else and they took on the entire fleet running their airship the one that they were on like into the others mainly that was Sokka's decision but the others were going along with it and you know the the likelihood of them all making it out alive would not have been high and they probably Mm. would have known that it's just three little kids who have various disadvantages for fighting the firebending army really Mm. and they're just gonna do it and you also have Iroh returning to bossing say I mean obviously he's awesome but it's returning to a place where you had this big defeat Mm. To, to go back to a place where not only did you have a big defeat but where you're son died Mm. i mean if they didn't say it was necessarily in that battle but it was like at that time that he just broke down and quote unquote failed the fire nation and so him returning to that i think also takes courage and then lastly you have ang and the visual is so great just like humbly standing on this rock formation waiting for the fire lord you know saying that they don't have to fight And the Fire Lord is just this huge, super-built man that's, like, being so aggressive in his fighting with this, like, tiny little 12-year-old monk boy. And it's just, like, just seeing them and the juxtaposition of not only their bodies and their stature, but, like, their attitudes, I think is just so striking. And the fact that Aang goes into this fight knowing that he can't go into the Avatar state, he still decides to face the Fire Lord anyway, and he didn't have any of his friends with him. He didn't even have Appa, and he sent Momo away so that he wouldn't get hurt. Mm. He goes into that alone, and I think that that takes so much courage and... Again, it's just one of the many reasons I adore Aang. <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many, but you're so right. And and that was definitely one of the things I was thinking about, actually, was Toph being on the airships during that battle. Yeah. Because she is probably, after Aang, the most powerful person in the crew, just when it comes to, to bending. 
And I mean, she it goes to a place if, where that's if Katara wants to do her blood bending, but yeah, that's true. But she she goes to a place where that metal bending is is particularly useful on being on metal ships. But she also is yeah, as an earthbender leaving the earth, going into the sky in a way that is challenging her own elemental affinity and her own personality and her own ability to see and to to be able to make sense of the world around her and and she's always hated that you know since they were traveling around on appa exactly so yeah i think that that all of those are really really great points and and hers was one i was thinking of as well because it is just uh and these are kids these are these are children and as as someone who as an adult is a coward i just admire them so much (laughs) (laughs) i know right just like these kids put us to shame (laughs) absolutely (laughs) this is why stories aren't written about us when we were kids (laughs) chris continued to run away from his problems (laughs) (laughs) Brittany hid under the bed (laughs) i actually never hid under the bed And I would think that people would check under the bed because people in media, you know, like they always had under the bed. So I would always like hide somewhere else if I needed to. I don't know if I ever had a bed that had enough room for me to hide under it. I feel like my beds were always low enough on the ground where I just couldn't fit under there. Yeah. But yes, very courageous children. Very impressive. Good thing that they existed in that world because if I was in that world, the Fire Lord probably would have won. (laughs) (laughs) yes well why don't we move into our compelling questions so i'm wondering what big or small acts of courage in last airbender or legend of korra i don't know kind of move you and why i mean we've obviously talked some about zuko and and ang in these very moving ways but are there are there other ones I mean, yeah, I'll say the Zuko one, and the reason I brought that up is is because of my own kind of history in with family conflict and avoidance. And, and when I was growing up, I would shut down if I ever got in trouble because I just was overcome with a kind of fear of engaging with conflict with my family. And so seeing someone who has suffered more than I did, but who stands up against that fear and who has that bravery is is really inspiring and, and has been definitely affecting to me uh, it, for those personal reasons. Yeah, definitely. And and I really, really love how they, in, in that confrontation with his father, he says, or his father says, oh, your uncle has gotten to you, hasn't he? And he's mm. just like, yes, he has. Like he's meaning it as an insult, but Zuko just takes it as a compliment and he does give the credit because if it, I don't think Zuko would have done that if, if it hadn't been for those several years in exile with his uncle and his uncle teaching him so much yeah he he came to really mature and take a stand for what well first of all figure out who he was and what he believed in and then take a stand for it yeah 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 that's a good point Another one that comes to mind of something that just just kind of stands out to me as something that must have taken so much courage is we see both Aang and Avatar Wan just like 
talk to these giant lion turtles. That must be the most frightening things <laughs> in the world. Like when you're watching a cartoon, it doesn't seem quite as as intense. But imagine seeing something that huge and knowing it's that powerful and asking it for favors or for it to teach you something or bestow you something. That's just something, I don't know, That that is uh, that is wild to me. For sure. And off of that, I think another thing that I, I think is very moving is in that final confrontation with the Fire Lord when Aang decides not to not to kill him and to do this, you know, something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it flashes back to what the Lion Turtle said to him and it was something about if you're not pure of heart or pure of will or, or something bending the energy in you and the other person you'll be corrupted through it Hmm. and he had the courage to try it anyway even though he knew that it could actually destroy him Hmm. but he was brave enough to try it anyway yeah yeah something else that is just like oh a moving moment is in legend of korra when Lin Bei Fong is protecting Tenzin and his family as they like flee mm. on Oogie, I think is the name of their sky bison. Mm-hmm. And there's two airships pursuing them. And Bei Fong tells them not to turn back no matter what happens to her. And she just like launches herself through the air to take down the airships. And, you know, she knows that if she's captured, she's going to have her bending taken away by mm. Amon. And. You know, little Milo just says, that lady is my hero. (laughs) And Tencent's like, yeah, she is. (laughs) And like that, ugh, that was just such a great moment. You know, she was already cool, but then she was just like, got way cooler. And yeah, just that courage is, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, And, and that actually, I think, brings up another one for me, which is, the decision by Tenzin and the Earthbenders to become superheroes, essentially, mm. in uh, in the the end, the last season of Korra, because even though it it's not, they aren't quite as vulnerable as a culture as they had been previous to Airbending kind of being made manifest. It's still, I think, so tenuous, and and that seems to be something that Tenzin struggles with so much of feeling all of this responsibility for maintaining the culture and heredity of airbenders and 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 so deciding to be peacekeepers to be people who are going to put themselves in danger for others when they already have that vulnerability i think is is also a really important courageous act too mm-hmm. yeah because again it's it's like courage is about confronting your fear or about being vulnerable when there's a price and here there's a real price to that courage Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we have to mention too, like Cora in the last season when she's dealing with the aftermath of crippling fear from mm. what happened to her. You know, she doesn't want to fight. She doesn't want to do any of it. You know, it's it's she's traumatized. Or she does want to, but she she has the trauma and and other factors preventing her from being able to yeah 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 but she like works through it and she keeps 
working on it until until she's able to in, in the end. And working with Zaheer, going to the person who traumatized her mm-hmm. and confronting him specifically to help the people who are in the spirit world and ultimately hopefully heal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also something that I think is pretty cool too is Kiyoshi because mm. when Aang talks with her about having killed that military leader Aang's like you didn't actually kill him it was like his own stubbornness he could have backed up and fallen off the edge of the cliff but he didn't and she's just like you know I, I don't really think that that matters the fact that she considers it yeah I killed him I think is is courageous because I think so many people would make the excuses they would say, well, I had these reasons for it, or, oh, well, it was this person's fault in this way, but she's just like, I don't really see the difference, because at the end of the day, I would have done whatever it took to bring peace. Mm. I know that that's where I stand here, and even though, like, you're trying to paint me as more compassionate or more humane or whatever than I actually am, and I think that, and to tell a kid, too, you know, I think that does take courage to know yourself and be able to admit the ways that you are not the ideal. Yeah, yeah, that's an, a really good point too. I like that way of thinking about it. Although that also just makes me think about how there's a huge popularity of memes for Avatar going around. And one of the, the trends are people being like, oh, Korra has this this problem or this this issue and she goes to the past avatars and Aang gives her really good advice and Roku gives her good advice and Kyoshi just tells her to kill someone. Um, <laughs> 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 which is obviously much more simplistic but can be quite funny. But yeah, I think that, that owning up to your own decisions, even if they might be morally ambiguous is uh, is a, a, an interesting way of, of looking at courage too, yeah. Yeah, sometimes taking responsibility for your own actions can take a lot of courage because it's easier mm. to just lie about it. Yeah. Well, what is your question for me? I would love to hear your thoughts on the differences or similarities between the courage that's shown by Aang and Korra. Hmm... Interesting. Some differences would be difference in age. So mm-hmm. courage has to look different. Again, just like the, the stature difference between Aang going up against Fire Lord Ozai versus if Korra was going up against him, Korra wouldn't have been so dwarfed by Ozai as Aang was. And mm-hmm. also part of it would be by nature, I think. Korra is so much more headstrong and impulsive and confident and Aang is not that way it's it's not necessarily that he's insecure per se it's just mm-hmm. he is gentler and he is more cautious even though he's carefree when it comes to conflict that is not what he loves he he likes peace and he likes <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't He's not brash like Korra is. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say that he's very confrontational by nature. Mm. So I think in some ways that makes her confronting people easier than it is for him. And at the same time, they were just in very different circumstances. One was him coming out of 
a frozen ice ball <laughs> after a hundred years and being completely unprepared to hmm. to do this thing that the whole world is looking to him to do once they know he's still alive <laughs> and I mean the whole reason he left was because he wasn't courageous he was scared he ran away from having to be taken away from you know at age 11 I think or 12 be taken away from his whole community his friends because of this war brewing and I think he does deal with a lot more fear than she does where he doesn't have to face the thing and fail for him to be afraid of it whereas I think Cora does because the episode before the day of black sun was just ang not being able to sleep because he's just so stressed he had terrible insomnia because he just kept having all these nightmares about facing the fire lord and he was yeah distressed by it and she never dealt with anything like that that we saw before something she's more like i'm gonna go out and meet amon on this island by myself mm. at night and i'm just gonna face him <laughs> and it doesn't go well and then she's like uh-oh i'm a little scared of him so mm. yeah if, if we're talking about courage is when you have the fear and then you face it i think ang has more of that but cora i think in some ways has to face more fears because new things keep you know there's a new villain every season <laughs> instead of just <laughs> one and the villains are all taking on completely new different things and she deals with that trauma after almost suffocating to death but i think the similarity would be that both of them are willing to sacrifice whatever to mm. end oppressive forces that are rising up and are willing to yeah put themselves in the line of fire and be the only one sometimes that will confront this other person who's had more time or resources or whatever it is to to perfect their skills or mm. weapons and they We'll both do it, and I think they both do have very strong convictions, which which helps in that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that one of the interesting differences I saw was I think that Korra has a bit more of a kind of responsibility with her courage, where she recognizes risks a, a little bit better than Aang does. And sometimes she is overconfident, particularly if, if she sees someone who she wants to confront and have that kind of confrontational courage and overconfidence. But I also see Aang doing so many things that are risky and don't have much rationale behind it other than it seems fun or interesting, where he wants to surf on the unagi and he <laughs> wants to inumashu the stone sledding type of thing. Okay, like, yeah. all of those are things that... Aang just loves doing, and I think Korra would probably also enjoy, but also have a little bit more of a responsible, like, mm, maybe we won't do that, uh, <laughs> even if after she got into it, she probably would, would 
have fun with it and enjoy it. I think that she she's a little bit more responsible in choosing when to kind of show her bravery and her courage than, than Aang is. But I, I do think that, that that confrontation element that you, you brought up, I think, is an interesting one because I think the place that Korra does tend to stop thinking about fear at all is when she sees a confrontation that she wants to meet. She thinks that she can become a pro bender just because she... <laughs> I'm the Avatar. <laughs> And, and yeah, she's the Avatar, and yeah, she she wants to go fight Amon and the Equalist just because she's the Avatar, and and I think that's that's a really interesting piece of character development that we see over her over the series for her as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a, a difference too is that she knew from toddlerhood that she was the Avatar, whereas mm. Aang didn't know until yeah he was supposed to leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we move into our missed opportunities? What was a missed opportunity that you saw with courage in Avatar? Yeah, this one was a little hard because I think that they do show courage in so many different ways and with so many different mm. characters. There's very few characters that like don't show any courage. Maybe Mr. Cabbage Merchant. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, he's willing to yell at whoever, so maybe he has a little bit. That's true. <laughs> and so one thing that I was thinking about, though, is that you know, I think it's a missed opportunity that Korra and Asami didn't come out as a couple in the actual mm. show. I know that, you know, in the comics, Korra meets with her parents to come out to them, which is, you know, great and awesome. And, you know, I'm really happy that that's in there. But I really do wish it that it was in the actual show because a lot of people haven't read the comics. And mm. I think coming out does take so much courage and you know in some types of families and communities much more than others and Mm. even I you know put off coming out to my mom until I was dating a woman at the age of like 27 or 28 and and that wasn't even because like I thought she was gonna you know be terrible to me disown me or anything you know like the terrible things that actually do happen to people Mm. all the time you know I I had the fortune of knowing that my mom had a couple of queer friends growing up and that, you know, no matter what she thought in her kind of more conservative Christian mindset, I knew that she would always choose loving me over losing me in any way. Mm. And so I didn't have that same fear that other people did. But even I, you know, I was just like, it's still, it wasn't going to be an easy conversation. It wasn't going to be a happy conversation. And, you know, you know, she was going to push back in some ways try to talk to me about the bible or whatever and i'd have to explain for the second or third or whatever time that you know i studied biblical studies in college (laughs) i've been taking a class in the history of biblical interpretation and like my interpretation you know takes historical linguistic and cultural context into consideration you know primary major was history (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, even though I, in a lot of ways I had a, it, it wasn't going to be a terrible conversation and, and I knew it, but you know, I didn't bother until it was relevant <laughs> to my mom. <laughs> and, you know, a, a lot of people, they don't have that in their families or their communities, you know, they, they won't accept them or they'll kick them out or you know in some countries they'll imprison them or kill them for it. And mm. so I think it's, it does take a lot of courage and I and I think it's really important for kids, you know, and, and you know, even some adults to to see people coming out on screen just as it's so very important for 
people to see characters who are already out and just living their lives and it, it doesn't have to be this coming out process but I think they're you know they're both really important and so you know I haven't really seen that in a lot of cartoons and I think that yeah I mean it, it would have been really great and I think that it is a kind of missed opportunity in Legend of Korra that could have maybe been helpful to to some of the kids that watch the show. Yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely right there. That was actually something that came to mind earlier, but I was like, should we cover the comics in this? But yeah, I completely, completely agree. Yeah, because it's always nice. Oh, sure. It's always nice to like see other people doing the courageous thing that maybe you're not comfortable with yet, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> could help you to find some of that too. Yeah. Not always. Sometimes it could just make you feel worse by yourself. They're like, ah, it'd be nice if I was as courageous as these kids. But <laughs> it could go both ways. But, but um, what about you? What were you thinking about as a missed opportunity? I was also thinking about Korra. Um, and, and mine now almost kind of goes the opposite way of yours, where I wish there was a comic book specifically to go into further depth into one element of Korra's story, and that is those years of healing and travel that she had at the beginning of season four, because we see basically two episodes that kind of show her her process, um, the first episode of her healing in the the southern water tribe and the second episode of her traveling for like six months alone but at least from my my recollection of those episodes we don't see a lot of interiority of what Korra is thinking particularly in that second episode we don't see a lot of what's going on inside of her and I think that's one Mm -hmm. thing where the medium of comic books or or prose books really can add something because you get to see internal monologues and narration a little bit more easily and I would love to have that kind of insight into what was going on in Korra's head during that time period you know was there an intersection going on internally between her ideas of her courage and the manifestations of her trauma Um, was she afraid of being vulnerable with her friends and that was an element of of her choice to to be alone like all these kinds of elements and as a character who I do think is a very courageous person, I would love to, yeah, just see a little bit more of that that interiority within her at that time frame. Yeah, yeah, I think that that would have been really good. There was so often, I think, in Legend of Course specifically, where I'm like, if they just had one more episode in this season, mm. I think it would have really fleshed things out better. Yeah, you could have taken him from season two. It would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I do think that that is a really important process. And mm. so few series in general, I think, do anywhere close to justice, uh, to a process of healing in ways that are possible from mm. from trauma. And yeah, that, that definitely would have been important, important to show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so before we close up, what is your takeaway? Uh, you kind of hit on this when you're moving into our missed opportunities, but just th- these series do this really well. <laughs> like they do with most of the themes we've talked about. They just, they have such great examples of 
characters being courageous and what that means beyond the kind of platitudes that we we opened the show with with Katara's speech but really showing what it means to confront the things that you're afraid of and what it means to get you there it's really wonderful because for some characters it really is just their principles their ideals of this is what's right and I'm going to do what's right because it's important but for other characters it's also this is who I care about this is who I am I will put myself out there and be courageous to help and uh, I think that both of those are, are really admirable whether it be you find your courage in in what you think is right or you find it in the people who you want to do the right thing for or, or a mix of the two but I just I, I, I so applaud the creators and writers and all the people who, who worked on these shows for for doing such a great job mm-hmm yeah although funny kind of off of that <laughs> Now I'm going to go in the opposite direction. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about now, I think, yeah, they give so many just really inspiring, admirable examples of courage. But I guess my takeaway is that I, I think we don't see as much as maybe we should of when people aren't courageous and the harm that can do. Because I think it does far more harm than people ever really give it credit for. Mm. There's so often that terrible things happen because we don't have courage in times that we should. And mm. yeah, I, I think I think it would have been cool to see at least a, a few instances of that. That is quite profound. Now, now that's my takeaway: is to think about you can't take away what my you take just away. mentioned. <laughs> I'm taking it away. <laughs> oh dear lord. So what will we be discussing next week? A while back, we had our patrons vote on what they wanted for a special episode. It was a close call, but the one that won is the Dragon Prince. So we're going to do a special episode on that to talk about the first three seasons. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. The Dragon Prince is another just amazing cartoon series. Oh, it's so good. And if you haven't watched it yet... What are you doing? <laughs> Go watch that before our next episode because... It's on Netflix, so you can just binge it all. And it's it's short. It's like, I don't know, what, 10 episodes, seasons, so... Yeah, no more than that. Yeah. And it's only three seasons out so far. So yeah, easily, very doable and totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find links to our website and all of our social media through our episode description, or you can go to patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines if you want to join our wonderful patrons who will help keep the show sustainable and get access to all sorts of fun extra content. If you haven't already, it would really help the show if you left us a rating or review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, but on anywhere you get your podcast, That helps us to find new listeners, and it's really, really appreciated. We want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. That's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, geek out. out.